The Deeper Dig this week is brought to you by Efficiency Vermont, helping Vermonters reduce energy costs, improve air quality, and lower their carbon footprint. Learn more at EfficiencyVermont.com. From VT Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, opponents of hound hunting in Vermont have spent this fall ramping up their calls for the state to restrict the practice. And while it's too soon to tell if they'll be successful, their tactics have brought statewide attention to what was once a niche hunting technique. Our reporter Grace Benninghoff has the story. About a month ago, this video went viral on TikTok. It was made by a farmer in Peachum, Vermont, named Morgan Gold. Morgan has more than a million followers on TikTok, and a few hundred thousand on YouTube. People tune in mostly for funny, lighthearted videos. He'll attach GoPros to his dog or cat to see what they do all day. Other times, he'll post farming tips. Being a dog working on a duck farm. Toby knocked the camera too. But on September 6th, he made a video that turned out to be really controversial. Keep everybody out. Dude, I got 160 keep, acres. That's keep. not a practical. In the video, a pickup truck pulls into Morgan's driveway and this guy gets out. He has a long white beard, wire rim glasses, and a rust red jacket. He flashes a hunting license and says, This is who I am and what I'm about. Uh, we got some hounds that are. This guy is Butch Spear. He's a retired carpenter, a grandfather several times over, and he's also president of the Vermont Bear Hound Association. Pretty much as soon as Butch starts speaking, Morgan tells him to get off his property. Leave the property right now. Uh, well, all right. Well, leave the property right now, please. Okay. All right, wait, Butch asks if he can retrieve his dogs and go. All right. Would it be sensible enough to say we can go in and get our dogs and get the hell out of there? So the first time I watched this, I was a little lost. I wasn't clear if Butch's dogs had run away or if they'd been released on Morgan's property on purpose, but I'd find out pretty quickly. But again, if we release my dogs six, seven miles from here and they end up, the bear runs this way, they're doing what they're taught to do. Uh uh Morgan decides to allow Butch to go get his dogs, but he asks to go with him. As the men hike through the woods together, ducking under tree branches and flattening green ferns, we learn that hunting laws in Vermont say what Butch did, letting his dogs loose to chase after a bear, is perfectly legal. When you have the tracker and you're a couple miles away from where you set loose your dogs, there's no, you're not actually in control of your animal. According to state law, we are. Meanwhile, Morgan makes it pretty clear that he doesn't want hounds, or hunting, on his land. No, no, semantics aside, I don't want somebody hounding on my land. How about that? Let's say that. I understand that. So as a private property owner, shouldn't I have the ability to do that? (laughs) Yes and no. Eventually, they reach a clearing, where a pack of hounds has chased a black bear up a tree. The bear is balanced between branches, looking down at the howling dogs. Butch and the rest of his hunting party leash their hounds, and the bear scampers down the tree and runs away. Words flash over the final seconds of footage. Help stop hound hunting on private farms and woodlots. Sign our petition. Morgan's campaign to stop hounding in Vermont didn't start with Butch Spear. 
but that TikTok did help draw attention to it. After the video went viral, he got more than 100,000 signatures on his petition. Then a counter petition popped up. That one got 6,000 signatures. The video set in motion calls to public officials, media coverage, and harassment for both Morgan and Butch. But to really understand how one video catapulted a niche hunting technique into statewide controversy, we have to start at the beginning. Hounding has been around for centuries, which is often one of the first things a hounder like Butch Spear will tell you about the sport. Hounds have been around forever. In years past, every farm had a hound dog. Down south, they chased deer with hounds. Um, Mountain lions, bear. It is a recreation, it is a sport. A lot of it's done for for the meat. When I started reporting on this issue, I'd never heard of bear hounding, or any type of hound hunting for that matter. So I decided to go out with Butch and his friends and see what it was all about. I met up with Butch at his home in Newbury, Vermont at 5.30 a.m. Safe this way. It was still dark, and my photographer Glenn Russell and I climbed into the back of a silver pickup truck. Butch rode shotgun, and Mike Jolly, a 17-year-old hounder who hunts with Butch a few times a week, did the driving. Another truck followed, with Harold Carlton and Jake Merrill, two more bear-hounding friends of Butch's. There was a cooler of homemade iced tea on the seat next to me, and a pistol on the dashboard. Mike told me he had a rifle stashed under the driver's seat. A wooden kennel filled the entire bed of the truck, where six dogs poked their heads out of large holes labeled with their names. Little sis is so little, she's named Little Sis. So Rebel was because he was on the outside of the... Litter of puppies. The litter of puppies, you'd say on the outside. Yeah. So he was kind of a rebel to the cause, you know. Dog was just dog. But sis was little sis. Yeah. She was a little puppy. <laughs> a female. And girl, her little girl is a mother, but her name is PR Hard Rock Ugly. Is her registered name. PR Hard Rock Ugly? I didn't name her that. And I ain't going to make her go through life being Hard Rock Ugly. The day started off with a lot of slow driving. We meandered down back roads so the dogs wouldn't miss a scent. Must be somebody Mikey knows. Mom. (laughs) Mom! (laughs) And while we drove, we chatted. Butch told us about his grandkids, his days as a carpenter, and everything in between. She said, would you mind cutting me a piece of cheese? I said, no, I don't mind a bit. <laughs> Took my knife, stabbed it. She goes, thank you. And she almost got it to her mouth. And I said, as long as you don't mind where my knife's been. I may have cut some sheetrock with it in this house. I may have stripped some wires with it. I may have cut insulation. I may have trimmed my fingernails. I may have castrated some pigs with it. She goes, you what? Sometimes we puttered down gravel roads. Other times, we veered off into farmland and circled cornfields. The idea was to get the dogs somewhere a bear might have recently been. A cornfield is a pretty safe bet because bears eat corn. In fact, farmers in the Northeast Kingdom run into problems with bears eating their crops every year. It was probably only 6.30 or so when we were driving along the perimeter of a dewy cornfields, and then the dogs started barking. 
But this bark was different from the regular yipping and howling that had been coming from the bed of the truck all morning. We listened for their bear bark, which is usually a deeper, stronger, longer bark. Like that right there is just barking. For some reason they wanted to bark. All right. When, when it is a bear, they will tell you and you will know. It's just totally different. As the dogs howled from the back of the truck, it became pretty clear that they were on a track. We all hopped out of the truck and circled around back. Mike and Butch unhooked the dogs one by one from their posts in the truck bed. Then, after telling me to stand back, they opened the kennel. The six dogs, Joe, Dog, Clutch, Echo, Lil Sis, and Lil Girl, shot out of the back of the truck and into the woods. But even long after they disappeared, their barks were still echoing from somewhere deep in the trees. Six different personal six. Six <laughs> different personalities, attitudes, voices. Yeah. When they really get it warmed up hot, that's all you hear. The dogs all wore chunky collars around their necks, which turned out to be GPS collars. To be clear, all that means is that hounders can track the location of their dogs. They can't shock them or send them signals or control where the dogs go. As their barks faded into the woods, Butch was intently focused on his GPS tracker. 550 from us. They're coming back this way again. Yeah, we see the open back. 40 barks a minute. Yeah. Did you, say, did you say 40 barks a minute? Yeah. Oh, so you're counting their barks per minute? This GPS tracking device will count their... It tells us how fast they're barking. And that tells us how excited they are, which means they may be looking as close as you and I at each other. Wow. Butch explained how he's come to understand that different tones and speeds of bark mean something different for each dog. He's gotten good at communicating with them. I got one old dog. He'll sit there, boo. Boo. Half the time can't hear him. He's, he's nine years old. We got a couple dogs that you can't count them. One of my old dogs that died last spring, he, I counted 130 barks a minute. But he said, oh, 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 And I could hear him a mile away. With GPS trackers in hand, we hopped back in the truck and gunned it out of the cornfield. They're, they're after the bear. They are barking. Yeah. We need to get ahead of them so they don't cross the road. As we sped along the back roads of the Northeast Kingdom, Butch diligently tracked the dogs, periodically calling out how far away they were. They're 450 yards away. Pretty quickly, we pulled the truck over on the shoulder of the road, where Butch and Mike thought the dogs, and Bear, would be headed. Yeah, I can, like, definitely hear that. <laughs> Butch was right. A few moments later, a mother bear and her cub crossed the road, just yards away from us. Butch grabbed his digital camera and snapped a photo of the muddy paw prints the bears left on the road. Just, just saw a sow bear and a cub go across the road. Because we're not going to kill, definitely, we don't need to run them anymore because we've seen them. We're going to catch our dogs, if we can, when they come to the road. So we stop harassing that bear and cub. But I think that was kind of cool watching them cross the road. 
We do have firearms in a truck, but unless it's a large, very large bear, we would not be killing today. And I gotta interrupt this because I wanna make sure we catch him. Butch and Mike rushed to intercept Dog the dog as he raced out of the woods Everybody towards the road. Or whatever you gotta do. Dog! Dog! Good boy! Next, they had to determine where the other five dogs were. Grab one of them trackers, see if anybody else is close. Please. Another cub. Another cub. All right. So everybody else is up there. Yeah. So we started heading in the direction of the dogs, all the while watching the tracking device to see if they'd moved. That's telling me they're either got a bear in a tree and they're sitting there looking at it, or they might be on a ledge and they're looking uphill. When they raise their head up, it turns a signal on it tells us they've stopped, they're looking up, more than likely there's a bear in the tree. Wow. That's pretty cool. The graphics on the tracking device look sort of like an early 2000s computer game. The map shows basic topography of the area and a little red animated dog flashes against a sparse background. It's raising its head to look up again and again in a simple animation. I have the very millennial impulse to click on it or drag it to another part of the map. But of course, that's not possible. The only way to bring the dogs back is to hike in and get them. They're right dead in the middle, so we're going to have to walk about 700 yards. Okay. Well, you don't think coming off Jefferson Hill Road, maybe we'll be a little closer? We'll try it. The truck turned down a bumpy dirt road, and we parked near an empty barn. This farm, Butch explained, was owned by someone he knew, someone who didn't mind hounding on their property. I have always had permission, so I I have not spoke to them this year, but I haven't, they've never refused me. Yeah. yeah, like you know they're okay with it. Yeah. Butch and I tromped through tall grass and pushed aside tree branches. We sloshed through ankle-deep mud and ducked under hanging moss. Sticks snapped under our boots. The sound of the dogs barking got louder and louder as we walked. I think I hear them. Oh, we can hear them. Oh, yeah. We came to a thick cluster of trees where all five dogs stood around a pine tree, barking up at something. Oh, yeah. See a little black spot right up on that limb? Big crotch of a tree. Oh, maybe. Yep. The crotch is a little branch like this big is laying in, in between it. Oh, yeah. See it? Yeah. yeah. He just moved his head. Sure enough, a bear was high up in the tree, balanced in the crook of two branches. So the bear is just hanging out in the tree. He's a cub, and he's just kind of sitting up in the tree looking down at us. After about five minutes of snapping pictures and milling around, we rounded up the dogs and headed back to the truck. We didn't see any more bears that day, but we drove around for a few more hours, sometimes getting out to walk the dogs around a cornfield where they could pick up a track. But mostly we ambled slowly down dirt roads, listening for that particularly deep, 
bear bark. The thing that really struck me about bear hounding with Butch and Mike, aside from the novelty of seeing three bears and a pack of highly trained hounds in action, was Butch and Mike's friendship. The two men have nearly a 50-year age gap, but they spend days together every week. In fact, all four of the men we went hounding with were from different generations. Butch is a baby boomer. Harold is Generation X. Jake is a millennial. And Mike is Gen Z. It always amazes me. You sit back and you listen to, I'm not going to call Butch older, but an older hunter or just an older person. I just love hearing what they have to say. You can learn so much, so much just by uh, sitting back and listening. I mean, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I've learned a lot just by listening. The respect and admiration between Butch and Mike is mutual. Mikey is an exceptional kid. I can't call him a kid anymore. He's almost 18. He could go to war for us and defend our country. He's had a business or two. He can make money. He's far from lazy. Pretty damned intelligent. And I'd like to see 15, 20 more kids around just like him. but I probably won't. Come My on. grandson's a super kid. I hope he has the ambition and learns from Mikey when he's around him. So, that's enough about Mike. Come We're on now, but <laughs> <laughs> Come on. The Northeast Kingdom is a really rural part of Vermont, and it can be pretty lonely. Often, houses are far away from each other. Some towns are lacking community spaces and events. It's a place that has struggled economically. But for these men, bear hounding is an intergenerational activity. It creates a strong community for them. Butch goes bear hounding most days of the week all summer and fall. He goes out with Mike a few times a week, but other times he takes his grandkids, his son, his friends and their kids. He says he's hounded with kids as young as four and with friends well into their 70s. Bear hounding has always been this way for him, an intergenerational pastime bringing old and young people together. Mikey said earlier he doesn't have any friends his own age. They're all 40 and older. That was me when I was a kid. I hung out with my dad. We are on the farm. He was a truck driver also. All my buddies, well, I had a few friends, but I listened to older people. That pickup truck with the kennel in the back is where Butch tells his grandkids stories. It's where he bonds with younger and older generations. It's a place to connect in a part of the state where connections can be hard to come by. We'll be right back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. The Deeper Dig this week is brought to you by Efficiency Vermont, helping Vermonters reduce energy costs, improve air quality, and lower their carbon footprint. Learn more at EfficiencyVermont.com.
everything we did that day bear hounding with Butch was completely legal. From setting the hounds loose in the woods, to driving through cornfields, to snapping pictures of the bear and the tree. But there are people in Vermont who want the laws to change. One of them is Morgan Gold, the farmer who posted that video on TikTok. For Morgan, it all started in September when he and his wife were awakened in the middle of the night by the sound of their guard dog, Toby. He's barking like World War II is happening right outside his fence. And, and so I run outside, I hear the geese freaking out, I hear him freaking out, and I see flashlights and I hear foreign dogs, not my dog, sort of barking and, and baying off in the distance. And- Morgan soon found out that some hounders had followed their dogs onto his property in pursuit of a raccoon. It was late. Morgan and his wife had no idea why these people thought they could hunt on their property. So Morgan got kind of upset. And, and so I'm like, hey, guys, you got to get out of here. This is private property. What are you doing here? Um, a couple of the gentlemen, apparently who were out of staters, basically said, oh, we're allowed to be here. We were with a guide. And I was like, a guide? Who, who gave him permission? He was still confused. So he wandered further up the road where he ran into another hounder who insisted he had permission to hunt on Morgan's land. And I was like, hey, buddy, that's not the case. I'm the owner of this. and You guys absolutely don't have permission. You need to leave right now. He said, no, 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 we're, we're in pursuit. You've got to please leave us alone. You have to leave us alone. And that's where I, I was like, all right, that's it. At that point, Morgan and his wife called the cops. They wanted to go back to bed and get these strangers off their land. These folks are telling me that they're allowed to be here. They have every right to be here, that I'm off my rocker. And so... Eventually, they get their dog, they leave, and that's when the troopers and the warden shows up, and I explain to them what happened, and we talk about it, and I come to learn they were actually 100% right. I was in the wrong. They did have the right to be there because of the way Vermont hunting laws are currently written. After that night, Morgan started a petition to end hound hunting in Vermont. The one that got 100,000 signatures, he called his state representatives and wrote to the governor, the issue became really personal for him. Here I am trying to manage my farm to the best of my ability. I'm the owner of this place. I feel like private property rights, you know, if I say I don't want people here, they should be able to respect that. And meanwhile, we have state-sanctioned and state-licensed groups of people going out, sending their dogs roaming for tens of twenties of miles, oftentimes a couple miles away from those animals, and they're perfectly licensed and, and able to do it. That blows my mind. According to Vermont state law, control of dogs is defined as the transportation, loading, or unloading of dogs from vehicles, the handling, catching, restraining, or releasing dogs, and the use of telemetry or GPS to locate or track dogs. That's word for word how the law is written. So like Morgan and Butch have said, according to Vermont state law, Butch is in control of his dogs when he's hounding. But... Morgan isn't satisfied with that definition. The way the control is defined is just, you simply have to know where it is. It's like, you know, if I lose my iPhone and I'm using find my iPhone to track down my iPhone, I don't have control of my iPhone at that point. I am, I know where it is, but I don't have control. To be clear, Morgan doesn't have an issue with hunting. He actually hunts himself. His issue is with hounders coming onto his property to hunt. He doesn't want to end all hunting in Vermont, just this type of hunting. My objection to the hounders isn't that they're killing a bear. I personally am not interested in that. That's not what I go for. But I can understand the idea that you need to control bear population numbers here in the state. 
So I, so I get that concept. But my struggle with it really is just, I don't want to have that activity on my farm. Shouldn't I be able to control that? Morgan has proposed a few ideas, such as keeping dogs on leashes while they hunt, or a requirement that hunters never let their dogs go beyond their line of sight. Hounders say that would essentially make it impossible for them to hunt. But Morgan points out that these hound hunting laws were written a long time ago, before GPS tracking was around. He thinks the laws need to catch up. This isn't where the red red fern grows and you got a little boy in the middle of the swamp chasing his dogs for raccoons. These are guys driving around in trucks going mile upon mile with GPS. Like, it's a whole different ballgame. But according to Butch, GPS tracking actually gives hounders more control than they used to have. Instead of relying on their hearing to guess where the dogs might be, they have an exact location. So they can more quickly intercept their dogs, maybe even before they cross a property line or a road. Clearly, things have changed. But whether you believe GPS technology has created a practice that was unimaginable when state laws were written, or you think it's made bear hunting safer, Morgan says the crux of the debate is accountability. Oftentimes from hounders, I'm met with a response of, you dummy, don't you know that dogs can't read property signs and posted markers? And, and so it's like we're agreeing, but we're not agreeing what accountability that that holds. And I, I feel like that's such a missed part of the discussion and missed part of the debate. That is the issue. That isn't just part of the design of how hound hunting works, and that's not necessarily how it has to be. In fact, Morgan has ideas for how hounders might be held more accountable without making major changes to the existing laws. Most hound hunters are using GPS technology. Can't I register my property as an out-of-bounds zone? Can't you train your dogs differently where they can respect things like a recall tone? Like if you're actually training your dogs and if you're actually taking pride in that as part of your sport, shouldn't you also have a certain measure of accountability that you're training for? Although Butch insists his dogs are well-trained and know to stay on a bear when hunting, this isn't always the case with hound hunters. There is no set standard for training these dogs. Just a three-month-long hound training season followed by a hunting season. The dogs themselves don't need any sort of license. They don't have to pass a test to be allowed to take part in a hunt. Again, I have no objection to hunting with dogs. The idea of using retrievers, the idea of using dogs to flush, you know, that I totally get. Using dogs to actually pick up scents if you're on a leash or something, I get. It's the uncontrolled release of an animal and then just trying to follow along with that animal that I think this day and age doesn't make sense for Vermont. This is a major sticking point for those who oppose the practice. There's concern that it's a public safety issue to have these hounds running through the woods miles from their owners. People who are recreating out on our public lands are also in danger of running into hounds. Like we saw what happened back in 2019 in Ripton, Vermont, where a woman was injured and her leashed puppy was injured by a pack of bear hounds. That's Brenna Galdunzi, the founder of Protect Our Wildlife, a volunteer advocacy group. What Brenna is talking about is an incident from a few years ago. A woman and her husband were hiking in Ripton with their puppy when a pack of hounds came bounding towards them, apparently chasing something. The hounds went for her dog, the hiker tried to intervene, and they went after her too. She and her puppy ended up injured. Those who support hounding say this was a one-off incident, that those hounds were poorly trained and it shouldn't reflect on the practice as a whole. But it's not the only time a chase has turned violent. Any bear hounder, and Butch knows this, um, will tell you that bears don't always tree. They don't always climb a tree. Some bears will hold their ground and they will fight back. 
And on our Facebook page just recently, we shared an account from a Vermont bear hounder where a bear fought his dogs for hours. Uh, two of his dogs became injured. Um, the man ended up stapling uh, his dog's leg himself, and he ended up shooting the bear. So to think that when you've got six tenacious hounds chasing after a bear and the bear hounder is nowhere in sight, they're miles away in their truck, to think that there's not going to be some kind of on-the-ground encounter placing both the wild animal and the hounds in danger, I don't know how anyone could believe that. Butch admits this does happen sometimes, but he chalks it up to the occasional bear being particularly aggressive. I did kill a bear one day, shot him in the head with my pistol, and his head bounced and landed on my foot. He was so close. We did not want to hurt that bear, but he would not climb a tree. And in their fight, his toenails made a couple dogs bleed. This isn't typically how Butch kills bears, though. Anyone with a bear hounding permit in Vermont is allowed to kill one bear per year. Butch and his crew usually save that kill for the biggest bear they can find. He eats the meat year-round and tries to use every part of the animal. Although Butch insists his love for bears is a big part of why he's passionate about hounding, Brenna has a hard time reconciling that with what she says routinely traumatizes the animals. The fact that they can only kill one bear during the legal bear hunting season, those are the bears that they're killing. They're not taking into account, you know, the terror that these hounds are inflicting on these bears for six long months. These bears during the fall season, you know, they're out there trying to consume as many calories as possible, upwards of 20,000 calories they need to consume per day so that they're in prime physical condition to go into winter denning. Having bear hounds on the landscape chasing them, that is not caring about bears. That's not doing what's best by bears. That's doing what's best by your own recreation and what you find fun. On the other hand, hounders argue that this type of hunting is actually better for bears than hunting by sight. Lewis Porter, the former commissioner of Vermont Fish and Wildlife, supports the current bear hounding laws. If you see a bear at a distance, it can be difficult to tell the size and the sex of that bear. Often, um, it can be difficult to judge that when you're hunting in, in you know, what you might consider a, a traditional way of hunting bears. Obviously, if a bear is up a tree, um, it's easier to judge those things. And so bear hunters who hunt with hounds disproportionately compared to other bear hunters take uh, male bears and larger bears. But Brenna isn't convinced hounders can reliably sex and age bears 20 or 30 or 50 feet below them, sometimes peering through tree branches. It's, it's not easy to tell a male from a female when they're up in the tree. And there's been reports from Vermont bear hounders who have said it's difficult. Maybe for a seasoned bear hounder like Butch, maybe he can tell. But how can you tell the difference between a 100-pound male yearling bear from a 90-pound, 100-pound female sow? Not all of the bears are older bears with the broad skulls, you know, the big male boars, you know. It's, I think that is um, a really flimsy argument. Either way, Lewis says bear hounding is an important conservation practice. In rural parts of Vermont, communities struggle with nuisance bears. Bears who get too comfortable and come into cornfields, backyards. Sometimes they even break into cars and houses in pursuit of food. 
According to Lewis, bear hounding is a safe way to scare those bears off. These dogs are used to resolve a lot of bear conflicts. Um, when bears are in people's cornfields or chicken coops or garbage or compost, um, bird feeders, we take a number of steps to try to re-educate that bear that they should not be looking to people for food. Um, but one of the best ways we have is to have bear hounds pursue that bear and scare that bear with their dogs. That sometimes happens under the direction of a warden, um, but sometimes it just happens with a farmer who reaches out to a hound hunter and says, hey, I'm losing thousands and thousands of dollars worth of corn. Can you bring your dogs and train them on this bear, scare the bear, maybe discourage it from coming into the cornfield? That's important for us uh, and for the bears, frankly, because one of the other alternatives is to shoot that bear. But Brenna says there are other ways to deter bears from man-made food sources, ways that are less contentious and disruptive. There's a way to change the way you plant your corn to provide more of a buffer between the cornfields um, and forested areas. Another concern Brenna has about hounding is that it can be dangerous for the hounds themselves. Hounds aren't only at risk of getting injured by the wild animal who's fighting back. Mm -hmm. They run into barbed wire as they run, plow through, you know, acres and acres of land. But Butch maintains, above all else, he loves his hounds and cares for their well-being. I value them dogs as much as I do my kids. Last year was a bad year. I lost three different dogs. Old age, mostly. Medical problems. I cried on all three of them. And I'm quite sure when you look at me, you don't think of me as a crybaby. But it hurts. Since Morgan's TikTok went viral a few months ago, one of the biggest repercussions has been serious harassment. Directed at both Morgan and Butch. As I've gone out and, and personally put out a petition or put out a video talking about my story, I've been attacked. I've received hate mail. I get on an ongoing basis all sorts of messages that are pretty downright awful. This is the first time I've ever received any threats, disgusting emails, or phone calls. My wife has received some. My wife answered the phone because it came through as private caller which is the way her sister's phone comes through when she calls. She picked it up, and the guy didn't say, hi, how are you, blah, 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 or this is so-and-so. It says, why don't you go out and kill yourself so you don't have to put up with that effing a-hole? And hung up. For his part, Morgan has tried to stop the harassment on both sides. I will say one of the things I've been most disheartened by as I've seen this stuff pop up since you know I posted some of the first videos has been the amount of harassment happening to somebody like Butch as well as you know somebody like myself. I think you know it's recognizing that the more you try to harass and intimidate somebody, usually that calcifies them in their position. And if we want to get to a place where we can find compromise, we can find common ground, that only hurts, and that's only gasoline on the fire. At this point, it's been nearly three months since Morgan originally posted that video back in September. The bear hunting season ended on November 15th, but this issue has continued to be really contentious. Back in early November, Butch planned to host an educational seminar on bear hounding as a tool for controlling the bear population in Vermont. 
Morgan decided to go and try to talk to Butch. He brought his camera equipment and was prepared to film the whole thing. But almost immediately, Butch asked that nobody film the event. What I've lived through in the last five or six months, there will be no more recordings other than that camera up there, or this meeting is over. It's up to you people. He explained that he had set up a camera to record the meeting, and he'd send a recording to anyone who wanted it afterwards. I did not come here tonight to argue with anybody, to fight with anybody. I came to educate people about bears in Vermont and bear hunting with hounds. But Morgan kept his cameras running, arguing the event was public and legally he could record. And so you are allowed to videotape a public event. But I'm still not going to continue until the cameras are shut off. People in the crowd started to get upset. Butch started packing up his stuff. Morgan also tried to convince him to stay, saying he'd turn off his camera if Butch could provide him a copy of his recording. But it was too late. Can you please guarantee that I can access to that video? I've been more you, sir. Pretty quickly, the crowd turned on Morgan. What is your problem here, anyway? Butch walked out of the gym, flicking off the lights on his way out, and as the crowd dispersed, things escalated even more. Are you a native of Mona? No. Where would you come from? I originally grew up in Hartford. Hartford? Yeah. That tells me something. What the hell don't you go back? Mind your own business. You know something? Boy. When a bear comes and visits you, boy. You're going to really think it sucks. Go back to Hatford, where you belong. As for next steps, well, Morgan's petition isn't gathering signatures as quickly as it once was. But even so, it has just over 100,000 signatures, while the counter petition has 6,000. As for Morgan, he doesn't plan to drop the issue anytime soon. I will continue to advocate on behalf of all the private property owners here in Vermont and try to change some of the laws, and we'll see where this goes. There are two bills that could impact bear hunting before the Vermont legislature this session. One would ban the use of dogs in bear hunting. Another would establish a fish and wildlife board made up of a diverse group of people who would have influence over the department's conduct. The idea would be to incorporate a wider variety of perspectives into the way the department is run. Only time will tell if the laws around bear hounding will actually change in Vermont. But one thing's for sure. Butch and Morgan aren't going anywhere. The two men live just about 20 minutes away from one another. And while Morgan continues to post videos on his social media channels about the negative impacts of bear hounding, Butch is breeding two of his dogs this winter. So he'll have some new puppies to hunt with starting June 1st. You can read more from Grace Benninghoff and see photos from the hunt at vtdigger.org. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, 
a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We used music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.